It is that time again for your Miami Sports Podcasts as we are getting closer and closer to some real football. Will Manso, Clay Furrow, Dookie Lang, the whole gang is back, and we're going to be back a lot, guys, because we, we're getting to the nitty-gritty of, of preseason, which is that one dress rehearsal game coming out for the Dolphins next weekend. Uh, we've got a chance though, to look back at what happened the other night against Carolina. <laughs> Unfortunately, look back at some of, some of the uh, the play that has Adam Gase uh, kind of defending his team, though admitting that, you know, and kind of taking blame that they haven't been very good. Uh, he's got a reason for it. We'll detail that. We'll also look ahead uh, to that final dress rehearsal, what we want to see. And also, do we agree with all this talk that the Dolphins are one of the worst teams in the NFL, ESPN and their power rankings saying they are the worst team in the NFL? So that sets up your Miami Sports Podcast. Clay, I'll start with you. Your takeaways from the other night against Carolina. Are you in the school of Adam Gase where like, hey, we could fix this. We saw what the problems are. Or is there something deeper here? No, because I think we've heard this way too often. This is the exact same line that we've heard over and over again, and yet these problems still keep popping up. I do understand what Adam Gase is saying, that we're not putting our best out there right now. We're not going to give anything away in the red zone. We're not going to give anything away in important third down spots because we use it once and then teams see it on film and we can't use it again. But I doubt there is any world where Adam Gase is telling his offensive linemen to commit holding penalties. I doubt there's any world where he's telling this team, yeah, just let the playcock run out and and don't snap the football. Yeah. I doubt there's any world where it, he's telling offensive linemen to get knocked back to where Kenyon Drake is falling down because he sees a tackle coming up in his face. There are just too many things we're seeing that, yes, I understand schematically. You don't want to give much away. But we've seen so many of these problems before. Here's my problem, Dookie, too. And, again, we'll delve into all these issues over the next 30, 40 minutes uh, of talking Dolphins. My issue is this. The Dolphins had moments the other night where they looked pretty good on offense. The ball was getting out of Tannehill's hands quickly. Uh, you didn't have to worry so much about protection and about guys coming after him because he's getting it out quick to Albert Wilson, whoever it may be, Amendola getting five, six, seven yards, ball moving down the field. But then you get into that red zone area or close to it, and one mistake just ruins everything. And my problem with the Dolphins right now is, and it's been this way for a few years, but in particular this team where you don't really have those big-time playmakers or anybody like that that that's, that could just take the ball and go, one mistake can't be the reason that every drive gets derailed. If one mistake, one holding call, as Clay mentioned, one bad block where a guy loses three yards, whatever it may be is what's going to derail you, Dolphins are going to be getting derailed a lot this year, and this offense is not going to be very good, and that is concerning to me. Yeah, your margin for error isn't very big when your average passing play is, what, four or five yards? Yeah. It's it's good. It's a good way to protect Ryan Tannehill. I understand what they're doing. I just think it's kind of funny. What was the big knock on Jarvis Landry, right? His 112 catches, that's the big part they lose of his offense. What did people, besides taking out the emotional part, people thought he played too emotionally. One of the big beefs against Jarvis Landry was mm -hmm. too many short plays, just three-yard completions, four-yard completions. To me, so far it's looked like they have like seven or eight Jarvis Landrys because that's the way that they use everybody. Now, I do agree with Adam Gase in this sense. You don't want to take any tricks out of your bag. You don't want to reveal anything, a play that maybe you would want to use in the red zone on a third down that, that, you have, that you've been working on in practice that you don't want to put on tape for a team in the preseason. Fine. I get that. But good football teams don't always have to out-scheme their opponent. A good football team, you line up, you run a play, they can know it's coming, but 
you're going to execute it because you're a good football team. Mm -hmm. And the execution looked poor. The offense looked unimaginative. They kept Tannehill healthy, which is good. And I kind of wonder, is there a bit of the yips going on? Like, are they are they working so hard on protecting Tannehill that every play has to be out of his hand in half a second and they're only going to do three-yard plays? No, I think that's because the offense. If that's the offense, the offense, they the are offense. going to ant bite us to death this season. Well, the Clay, they've said they want to utilize speed. And a lot of times... To utilize speed, people sometimes think it's like, hey, have the guy run really fast down the field and go catch it. That's not always the case. A lot of times the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. is a perfect example. You throw a quick little slant from five yards out, and he takes it to the house 80 yards. I think they want to utilize the speed that they have, in particular a guy like Jakeem Grant or, or Robert Wilson, to take these four or five-yard plays and turn them into 30-yard plays. Now, we haven't seen it yet in the preseason. We certainly didn't see it the other night against Carolina. I think that's part of it. And look, in the defense of the Dolphins' offense, they don't have Devontae Parker, which some may see him as a good thing, but he's one of their key receivers. And they didn't have Kenny Stills, who should be back soon uh, the other night as well. It's hard to judge when you don't have that. But it's still a little eye-opening that the Dolphins' offense is just so hard to watch yeah and I understand if you're concerned because your offensive line isn't playing very well by the way if you're concerned you don't want to drop Tannehill back there and allow him to get hurt in the preseason and I understand that look these games don't count right the problem is if you're so concerned about your offensive line you don't want to get Tannehill hurt now well then what does that say about the regular season coming up and yeah maybe you're you're trying to to trick people into thinking that you're not going to throw the ball down the field and then all of a sudden the first game rolls around and mm -hmm. you do I just don't know if historically we've seen that so let's just go based on what we know we know that this team does like to get the ball out quickly Agree. They do like to try to get their guys in space and try to make some plays, and that's why they got a guy like Albert Wilson who can break tackles. It's why Jakeem Grant could be a big part of this offense. Mike Gesicki, all well and good. The problem really comes in if you can't take the top off of that defense by throwing it deep down the field. If you can, if you don't have time, if you can't protect Tannehill, or if he's not accurate down the field, all of a sudden those safeties start to creep up, and it doesn't matter anymore. And I want to go back to your point, Will, about uh, the penalties. And, okay, well, you can't let one penalty derail a drive. The problem that you're seeing with the Dolphins is – the NFL is such where the margin for error is just so thin. Mm -hmm. You go back to last year, they were second worst in the league in penalties at 8.6 penalties a game. That doesn't sound like that much, but it is. Yeah, it's a big number. And when you're in the NFL, how many drives do you get a game offensively? Between 9 and 11 maybe? All right, so just one penalty a drive could be the difference, and obviously we're not factoring in defensive penalties here, but even if you get one more penalty per game than the other team, it's too many. And this is yeah. what the Dolphins have had over and over and over again. And my problem with this, Will, is that you heard Jawan James say after the scrimmage, we tried to install a bunch of new things. We're just trying to figure this thing out. You heard something similar from Adam Gase the other night that, okay, what we're doing out here in the game isn't exactly what we're doing in practice, so maybe it looks a little clunky. Why is this such an issue for your team? Why is yes. it that this team can't seem to get this figured out and it seems to be a constant thing under Adam Gase last year and then heading into camp this year? That's my issue. Yeah, and there's two points to what you just said. Number one is to finalize the point you just made, which is a good one, is that other teams have similar issues and don't look this bad in the preseason. Yes, the preseason is working out any little issues, and if you're adding wrinkles to the offense, getting comfortable, you're not going to show everything. But there's also another flip side to that, guys. 
defenses are the same way. The opposing defense is most of the time playing base or vanilla. Yeah, they'll blitz now and then. They'll show an exotic package now and then in the preseason, but very rarely. It's not what you see in the regular season where defensive coordinators gear up to stop a certain attack. It is very, the preseason, for lack of a better term, is very vanilla. So it goes, if you can understand and accept Adam Gay saying, yeah, we got a lot of stuff held back, well, you got to also understand that works for the opposing defense as well. So it's not like all of a sudden like, oh, we cracked the code. We got them now and wherever we want them because they didn't see this coming. No, defenses will. They'll prepare differently in the regular season. And again, that's why it's concerning. By the way, our sponsor today, as usual, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money for a car, go to a place with a reputation. And I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida. The best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. It's 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. So to my point, Doogie, Adam Gase is right, but he also is he's setting himself up here because what's going to happen is come the regular season, boy, you better, you better show off some plays. You better show off that you had a better plan than throwing three or four-yard passes because to Clay's point, defenses figure that out quickly. If they're on top of you and, and you're having offensive line issues and you can't throw downfield, this team is going to be kicking field goals and having three and outs all year long, and that would be frustrating, and that would lead to a lot of losses, which is why a lot of people think this could be the worst team in the NFL. I mean, there are people out there, guys, and we, we've kind of disputed this. We've gone back and forth on how good they can be. You don't think they're one of the worst teams in the NFL, do you? How about this? Top five. Are they one of the five worst teams in the NFL? Well, I think that'll depend on the rookie quarterbacks in their division. I, I think the fact that they have two teams that are starting rookie quarterbacks, that's four games where they're probably going to go up against rookie quarterbacks. I think that helps. Um, I, wow, this is – I got to say, like, when you do a pod, you're, you're doing the pod and you're listening to the pod at the same time. It's August. This is an awfully depressing Dolphins pod. For, well, it's for, August. It's, it's no, a decade, though. Listen, this decade. is, this is I'm, not, I'm not saying we're off. I'm just, I, when I'm sitting here listening to you guys, you're making cogent points. So I'm like, my God, this is, this is so depressing already. You know, t- to something Clay's talking about, the question of are they the worst team? Here's the problem. If you're not going to be explosive, you have to be disciplined. And if you're going to be disciplined, you can make up for a lack of explosiveness. The question is, where are the explosive plays going to come from in this Dolphins offense? Kenyon Drake could be a home run hitter. That spin move the other night was that was beautiful. I mean, let's let's be fair. Like he he could be a home run hitter. Devontae, if if Devontae Parker is 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 ever healthy, he's on the all potential team, right? I don't even think you can mention him in that. Kenny Stills maybe is the guy who you want to have as a deep threat. I mean, I think Gasicki is the guy, a young guy. You would hope hope that Gasicki would be a red zone threat, and Mm -hmm. but it's just this lack of explosiveness, and it also looks like, and and this I kind of understand. I sense in the play calling and the schemes and the way they're running offense, and this is just my observation. I sense a lack of trust in the health of Ryan Tannehill. I think that they're trying to just get him in, get his that. feet wet. I, I can't say get, I agree with do, you. Qu- I feel like part of the quick passing is they don't want to get him killed quite yet. And I, I feel like at some point, listen, and, and this may Isn't be... is that more on the old line though than Tannehill? This, this may be the week. This may be the week where like, you know what? We're going to try deeper drops. We're going to try longer routes. And Ryan's going to have to get lit up. And then when he's lit up, 
he's going to have no, to bounce back from it because a lot listen if you ask a professional athlete when they're coming back from an injury what is the marker of i feel back I've returned. I'm good to go. Most athletes will tell you it's when I fall. It's when I get hit. It's when I, and so I, and if you're the Dolphins, at some point, you're going to have to have somebody take a shot at Ryan Tannehill. And that may involve trying to throw the ball more than three yards down the field. I think there's more to this than Ryan Tannehill, though. I don't think the Dolphins are doing this to protect Ryan Tannehill. The Dolphins are going in with an idea of what they want their offense to be. We said on the pod a few weeks ago, the comparison I threw out is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Dolphins look like that type of team and what they want to do. Like Alex Smith was the so-called game manager there where he would get the ball out. Alex Smith also had success throwing the ball deep there. Obviously, they've moved on to Patrick Mahomes, but they took their chances deep, and that's where the difference is. You want to play fast. You want to get the ball out quickly, great. But you got to be able to also throw the ball downfield. That's why a team like the Chiefs also having a guy like Tyreek Hill that can take a ball 90 yards at any point helps. But that's why they did that. I really don't think it's a Tannehill Tannehill protection thing. I don't think they consider Tannehill a guy that's a risk or an injury risk. He had his surgery. He's back. He's been cleared. He's healthy. I don't think protecting him is the deal. Every quarterback you want to protect. I mean, you don't want to leave your quarterback out there like a pinata getting hit. But, Clay, I I do think that they've moved on from that. I just really think this is the offense. Adam Gase wants to use all these little toys he has and move the ball around and spread it and move it quickly, and I don't need just one guy catching 112 balls. But you got to have a little bit more than that to be able to score touchdowns in this league. Yeah, and I think you guys may be saying the same thing, just just focusing on different parts of it. I, I think the ultimate... <laughs> they the, stink, the this, but you said it with a French accent. Well, I, I don't know that they're protecting Tannehill. <laughs> <Le Pou? laughs> yeah, I don't know that they're protecting Tannehill because they're concerned about the injury or anything like that. I think they looked at this like the other night, like the third and 25 when they were down near there, and they're like... All right, well, I think some fans were looking at this like, all right, just throw it up to the Gasicki. Why not? Just just drop back and throw it up. Who cares? If you turn it over, then fine. Well, the problem is, number one, the offensive line hasn't played very well, and if you if you sit Tannehill in the pocket for any longer than you need he to, I, I, yeah. they're not protecting him any more so than they would any other quarterback with this offensive line. So I think you're both basically saying the same thing. I think there is something of a protection. Because I think there is a point, like on third and long, when you get down there and you need a touchdown as opposed to a field goal every time, where you are going to think about sitting Tannehill in the pocket a little bit longer and letting plays develop in the regular season. But I think they're looking at this like, why do we do that? This is my biggest problem with this whole thing, guys. And this is the, this is the, the bird's eye view. When I hear Adam Gase talk about he's optimistic. He looks at this thing and he says, oh, well, initially I'm frustrated, but then when I look at at the film, I see, okay, we can fix this. We can fix this. I feel good about this. We can fix this. I look at this like, all right, you go and you you take your your first geometry test, right? And and you get a D. You sit down with the teacher and the teacher shows you all the things that you can fix. And you're like, oh, okay, I I can fix that. The problem is the next test you take is a trigonometry test three weeks later that has nothing to do with what you just needed to fix. They're messing up the basic stuff. So you, what you happens? You talked to my math teachers, didn't Seriously, you? Because yes. that, that, I mean, this Pythagoras is, was not my friend. But this is the the bottom line, guys. I get it. They feel like they're they can fix the mistakes they're making on the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. The problem is going to come in when you go into week one of the regular season and it's no longer the basic stuff. Sure, fix the basic stuff. But by the time that you fix the basic stuff, the other team is throwing advanced trigonometry at you. They're throwing things that you haven't even, a calculus, things that you haven't even begun to think about. And that's the way the NFL is. The basic stuff should already be figured out. Second and one against the 
Panthers. They hand it off to Christian McCaffrey. You know what's coming. I understand you messed up the run fits on that play. Why? That's basic. That is a basic tenet of this wide nine. Like, you got to get that figured out. And it should already be figured out. It should be figured out before week one. It should be figured out now to where when you go into week one, then you start to think about the scheming. That's my issue with this thing. Let's get some good. You know, let's not make this all. You mentioned the doom and gloom of feel of it in August. I thought the ends were good. I think the Dolphins showed the capability of getting pressure on the quarterback. I think what you saw in Robert Quinn was certainly encouraging. He looked like the Robert Quinn from a few years ago. He had all those sacks. I think you know what you get in Cam. I hope you hope you know you're hoping Charles Harris continues to develop and Andre Branch is a veteran and these guys that they have. That definitely seems to be a position of strength. It's great if you can get that pressure off the edges, and I think the Dolphins have the capability to do it and do it well. Uh, the questions that will become in the middle is without Endomic and Sue, these young guys that they've thrown in there, and that 71-yard run is a perfect example. That hole pops open right down the middle. You don't have the safety or whoever the linebacker is to get that help and to get there quickly. you got a whole open field for a guy like Christian McCaffrey, and you know what ends up happening. He goes 71 yards for a touchdown. I thought the ends were encouraging. I thought the pressure mm-hmm. was good. But on the flip side of that, I thought the defensive line as far as stopping the run and clogging up that middle was pretty clear that Endomic and Sue isn't there. And what became pretty clear is that I don't care how good you think Davin Godshaw is, and I know they like him, and Jordan Phillips, and these young guys, and Vincent Taylor, they're not Endomic and Sue. They're just not. So if they don't get some sort of a semblance of, of, of penetration and pressure or just some kind of clustering that area there teams are going to knock off these big plays now and then and that's frustrating for a defense again because if the Dolphins could get opposing offenses in, in passing situations they've got the shot to turn the to force quarterback like what happened with Cam Newton Xavier and Howard had the nice pick force quarterbacks to make mistakes and put quarterbacks on the ground it's kind of funny because when we talk about the offense we're all kind of sitting here thinking man those 112 catches that Jarvis Landry had might come in handy with with a team that looks like, yeah, they're trying to spread it out, but looks like, whew, how are they going to move the ball? And then we talk about the defense, and we're, we're breaking it down. What are we talking about? We're talking about the absence of Indomitian Sue, who maybe this season will go to show the Dolphins how much they didn't appreciate a guy who didn't necessarily put up the biggest numbers, but it's a lot harder, harder to get pressure on the quarterback without a guy who's taken up two, three guys in the middle Every single play, Xavier uh, Howard was encouraging. I, I I think that was that was a nice play. Um, I think let's do it. Let's do a good list. Well, Go ahead. well let, let me let me let me tell you list. let me tell you why Xavier Howard's good because you hear at camp that he's been a consistent playmaker. You hear at camp that he's dominating practices. He's having interceptions. So what you want to see is you want to see things that are happening at camp translate into yes. a game. So Xavier Howard, instead of being the all, you know, running around the gym shorts team, goes out under the lights yes. and he makes a play and he had done it before. Okay, so Xavier Howard's give, give on my good, good list. Give, we already said Robert Quinn. I think he's on Robert the good Quinn list. Robert Quinn is on the good list. I mean, Robert Quinn looked just, he looked outstanding the other night in that first step and his way, you know, he looks like a guy that if you don't double, you're in big trouble. How about, how about, Ryan Tannehill didn't look bad. I mean, I I know I know they didn't score, but what was he? Fourteen of seventeen. I mean, but for hundred yards, you know, that, guys, yeah. That's, but, that's but, a, but I'm not saying he looked bad because he certainly if, looked bad. But, but if the I goal of the offense, but if the goal of the offense is to get the ball out quick and have quick completions, if you have Ryan Tannehill executing what the game plan is. I mean, now the game plan doesn't account for passes, but but that that I mean, might Jay be their Cutler. Jay Cutler's best games last year were, were when he was you know 
22 of 28 for 185 yards. I mean, that. But if that's what you're asking him to do, if you're asking Ryan Tannehill, what I'm saying is any quarterback can do that. They need Tannehill to be more than that. Well, yeah. The the bottom the bottom line is what we saw on on Friday night while he did what they were asking him to do well. I I think we all agree that that's if that's what they're asking him to do in the regular season, they're going to go two and fourteen. They need to push the ball down the field. Oh, let me let me tell you. I agree with. Let me tell you what I saw out of Tannehill that I really liked. By the way. Dude was furious on the sideline after a couple of penalties, and what what was hard for me to understand. Well, (laughs) but see, look, this is the thing. Maybe they can get like a sponsor. It seemed to me there there was kind of a strange disconnect that I didn't quite understand. Where afterwards, and even on on Sunday, when Adam Gase met with the media. There doesn't seem to be this extreme frustration with these penalties anymore. I don't know if he's just come to accept it. It just doesn't It doesn't seem like it bothers him as much as it did Ryan Tannehill on Friday night. I mean, he rips his helmet off, and, and I like seeing that out of Tannehill. I like the fire out of Tannehill and not just ripping Kalen Balaj because he misses a, a block in practice. I do like that part of it. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the good list from the other night, Will, I I loved what I saw to Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, I yeah, think. I agree. He's one of the maybe the only guy on this team, by the way, when things go wrong, he finds a way to make things right. There was a play where Kwan Short blew up the middle of the offensive line. Kwan Short is outstanding. He guessed the snap count. He got in the backfield, and you saw Kenyon Drake spin away and turn that thing into a thirty-plus yard gain. And unfortunately, you're going to need more of that with this Dolphins team, I think, because of how the offensive line is playing. But Drake is one of the few guys on this team that, when things go wrong, he can make it right. I, I really I have a a real positive feeling about this team when they find a way to get the other team into third and long. Yes. I don't have as big of a concern right now about the second cornerback position like a lot of people seem to because I think that's one of those positions you can kind of scheme around, especially when you've got someone like Minka Fitzpatrick who is so good at coverage as a safety that you can have a, a second corner that may be a, a little bit on the weaker side. He cleans up got, a lot for a rookie. It's I mean, for, for a for, He's yes. a first-round pick. You need him to yes. perform. But that's what's impressed me when I've seen Minka play is he makes up for other people's mistakes. Well, he usually, from he comes from a saving Usually, system. though, yeah, when you – usually rookies are the ones who are making the mistakes, not the ones who are like, I got you. I'm going to be in the right spot. I mean, that's – he doesn't play like a rookie. So if you're, tell, if you're asking me what was I encouraged by after seeing that game the other night and actually throughout what we've seen in camp, I am I'm encouraged going in about the Dolphins' running game because I think we haven't even seen Frank Gore yet. And I think he, he has a knack for making bad offensive lines look decent. He did it in Indianapolis, even at this age. And I, I am actually really encouraged. I think this team is going to cause other teams some problems when they get them into third and long. Now, getting there... We'll see. But I think you have such good defensive ends and such pass rushers that have unique abilities, whether it's Cam Wake, how relentless he is, how explosive he is even at this age. Even if he's lost a step, he's still better than so many. Robert Quinn, man, it's great to see that things translate from practice onto the field. So I like what this team is going to be when they get the other team into third and long between Xavier Howard and between that pass rush. Now, you mentioned the ends. You mentioned the corner, and this is the problem. It's right the middle. And, and I mentioned earlier the defensive tackles and the lack of kind of getting that penetration and, and clogging things up. It also would help if your linebackers can clean it up. And right now, the linebackers don't look comfortable. You know, I know Baker's a rookie, and, and McMillan is essentially a rookie, but especially Raekwon, there's been a lot of, I think, finger-pointing at him from fans in the media. 
And it's probably unfair, most of it, because he really is a rookie. I mean, he literally played a, a just a down last year. And it was in special teams, and they had to come back from an ACL surgery. Uh, he's a guy that they had so much, so much of an expectation on going in last year. We never got to see it. Is it unfair so much as putting on him? Yeah, but he has not looked good this preseason. And with the season just a few weeks away, you have to wonder what direction they head. Are they just going to throw him into the fire and go with it? If they do that, great. He'll learn under the fire, but he'll also make a lot of mistakes. Is this season breaking news? Were, were the Dolphins not aware that they would be playing a, a season this year? I mean, you have to understand that that the linebacker position needs some experience. And so if you're going to put so much on so many young guys, you're going to get mistakes. And if you have a defense that is going to rely on linebackers as much as they are, this, to me, seems like poor planning. I mean, yeah, Raekwon could turn out to be a good player, but it's asking an awful lot of a guy coming back from surgery. It's a guy they drafted and believed in, though. I understand, know? but he he's playing essentially a quarterback-type role in your defense and he's going to make a lot of his mistakes. And this, the, and this is a general trend with this Miami Dolphins team. It's very simple. They are not talented enough to make mistakes. That's just, this team, if they're oh, that, going— That was the original point. If, their margin for error is as, about as small— That's probably why they're considered which, some as the worst team, because their why, margin for error is zero. And, and truthfully, it could—I mean, is this going to be the worst team in the NFL? I don't know. It, like, like I said, I think it depends a lot on how they play against some of the younger quarterbacks. But I do think their margin for error is tiny just because they're not— Like, they're not going to go out on Sundays and be one of those teams where when they get off the bus, the other team's like, oh, man, here come the Dolphins. They're going to out-talent us. We don't have a shot. We have to play a perfect game. That's not going to be this Dolphins team. This is going to be a team that's going to have to execute. You know, I, I keep looking for the game breakers and for the huge playmakers on both sides of the ball that are going to, that can change a game. Like Clay said, kind of make up for mistakes. You know, Kenyon Drake is a good example. That's a guy who, if everything doesn't go right, he can still come up with something. The Dolphins need a lot more players yes. who, when things don't go right, can make up for it because. Just looking at the preseason, looking at camp, and looking at the last 40 years, this is a team where things don't go right a lot. And so things can't snowball. And when you when you can't execute, your talent gets exposed. And, and there's definitely questions about talent all across the field. Let me go back to your question about Raquan McMillan in the middle, too. I, I think it's, it's also, I don't want to say unfair to McMillan, but you have to keep in mind something, that he is being asked to do more than Jerome Baker right now because mm – -hmm. You're asking McMillan to come in, and as, as Dukey said, kind of the quarterback of that defense. And I do think it's a shared responsibility. But the middle linebacker traditionally, and again, we're not in the meeting rooms, but traditionally the middle linebacker is going to have a lot more responsibilities. And I think if you're watching games, maybe it looks like Jerome Baker is playing a lot faster right now than Raquan McMillan is. I think a big part of that could be you've got someone with so many responsibilities in McMillan that uh, the old mind tying up the feet thing a little mm -hmm. bit, if he looks like he's playing a little bit slower than Baker, uh, Baker's able to go out there and just get the football. And and with McMillan, I think there is still a little bit of that thinking. It's a little bit of what is my role as the middle linebacker, kind of the quarterback of this unit going to be? And I think there's a little more thinking going on there with him. So when you're watching, keep that in mind. I mean, Chase Allen's a guy that, that probably have to find a way on the field yeah. I mean, because he's not the guy that maybe jumps out at you from a from a standpoint, you look at him, and say, "Well, he's he's so athletic." He's super, but he quietly, you see him make plays. Yep. And 
I think people lose sight that he's athletic because he wasn't a high draft pick. He's not like a Raekwon Miller who's a second-round pick, and there wasn't that expectation from him. But let me tell you, he's a guy that's kind of worked his way on the field. And yes. Look, the name we haven't said is Kiko Alonso. I mean, Kiko has to be the Kiko from a couple of years ago. That they, We know he has his limitations. We understand that. We've seen it. But we've also known, and we saw it particularly the year they made the playoffs, he can make plays. They need Kiko to be a playmaker out there. While he won't do it game in, game out, he he's a veteran enough and smart enough and on the field football savvy to help these young guys through their mistakes by making plays. They need Kiko now more than ever as far as leadership and kind of waiting that gap and holding that gap until those young guys come along. Agreed. And I don't feel as concerned about him. I know that a lot of people were freaking out when they saw him get juked in coverage by Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey does that to everyone. If you have any linebacker on Christian McCaffrey, that's your fault. So I, I was, I'm not as concerned about him, uh, but you're right. It, they need him. They need him badly in a unit where otherwise they're so young and so inexperienced. He is the guy. And yeah, we I haven't I, heard enough from him. No. You know, you don't, he's not a guy that jumps out on the screen. He's not a guy that we're talking a lot about. We should, because he's right. got a big contract. He's been here a few years now where he, you know, again, we've seen him make those plays. And if he doesn't make plays and you're just putting it on Baker, on McMillan, on Allen and saying, hey, go make plays, young guys, those mistakes will come. And when they come, there'll be big mistakes like the other night, the McCaffrey run. There'll be mistakes by this defense. And all of a sudden, the way we see this offense work and if they keep shooting themselves in the foot, it's going to be a long year. Meanwhile, our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, so we uh, get the dress rehearsal against Baltimore next weekend. It is the it is the last chance before the start of the regular season that we can feel a little bit better about this team. What do you need to see outside of a touchdown? What do you need to see from this first-team offense, from this first-team defense, and the likely half of football maybe into the third quarter that they play? No pre-snap penalties. I, I'm sorry to jump in on you. I, I, zero. I, I'm tired of this. Can I, can I call a pre-snap penalty yeah. on you? <laughs> yeah, false start. It's kind of a false start there, Clay, but go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I'm tired of it. I, I'm tired of seeing it. I know fans are tired of seeing it. Clay I just tried to flip over the desk, by the until... way, because this is, this is an audio <laughs> medium. Clay is doing the I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore, and he's get, trying to flip over. Get the, uh, the basic stuff right. Look, I, I think a lot of times people sit in front of microphones and they try to they try to act like they know more than they really do about what teams are trying to accomplish. I can say this pretty pretty positively. I can say this with 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 pretty a pretty good level level of certainty that no team is trying to go out there and commit penalties. And it's just getting old to see. And I, I want to see this team go out there and play a clean football game. Really, that's all I want to see. I, I mean, even if I'd love to see a touchdown, I would love to see a, a couple of, of passes down the field. And, oh, where did that come from? Like, I, that'd be great. I want to see this team show that they can do the basic stuff right. So I can – you know why? I, I mean, look – we want to be honest here. Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of my Sunday night sports feature on the Dolphins being about their penalties. I want to find something. I already, I already, we, in TV, we have something called a slug, which is the name of a story. And every week I just call it P Dolphins penalties. And I put in the date of whatever it is. So 0815, 08, 
two six whatever whatever the date of the game and you know you can I'll, kind of anticipate that all, so. all joking aside i'll toss this to you dookie because i know this is one of your favorite lines from jim mandich but uh, what is football about football is about what you must do and what you must not do and uh yeah so his point was that uh it's it's about the things that you can't do that kill drives and that make mistakes well i'd like to see them be a little explosive I, 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 you know, as much as I like three yards and a holding penalty as an offensive strategy, <laughs> you know, as opposed to three yards and a cloud really of good. dust, <laughs> I, I, I kind of would prefer them to Cyber do. Truth. I would like to see Ryan Tannehill stand in the pocket for three or four seconds. I don't mind if he gets hit. I really don't. I'd like to see him get hit. I'd like to see him get up. I'd like to see him move around. I'd like to see him try to find Gasicki down the field. I'd like to see him take a shot because I think. I'm overwhelmed by how unexplosive this offense appears to be. They Adam Gase wants to tell me that they're holding back all their bullets because it's preseason. Oh, stop it. I'll take him at his word right now, but he can't make that excuse week two. He can't make it week eight. He can't make it week 15, and he can't put it on his resume after the season. So Adam Gase came into town with the reputation of offensive guru. Adam Gase took the offseason to put in his guys, okay? If you have the, and I'm going to use a Yiddish word here, chutzpah, okay, which means guts. If you have the chutzpah. Is that really what it means? Yeah. Well, a little in, in that region. I mean, I mean can if we you say, have If you have the Yiddish word, if you have the chutzpah to get rid. We just got a three chutzpah alert. Of, <laughs> of a wide receiver who caught 112 footballs for your terrible offense. If you have the nerve to do that, you better have a good plan B. And Adam Gase came in with this reputation as the offensive whisperer. Well, all right, Adam Gase, you got your guys. Whisper. What am I looking at? I'm looking at three yards, a penalty, a punt, a field goal. I'm looking at Xavier Howard intercepting it, returning it deep into territory, and that leading to three points. If this Dolphins team doesn't turn those, which I don't know how often those are going to happen, those sorts of turnovers, if if he doesn't turn those into seven, it's going to be a real, I mean, real long season for this team. When they got the ball at the nine-yard line and went backwards. The chutzpah, Will. And settled for a field goal. I was, yeah, I, there was a lot of chutzpah going on with me while I was watching the game because I'm like, it's you're at the nine-yard line. You can't even you can't move forward. You go backwards and you settle for three. What do I want to see to finish the thought on that is uh, I'd like to see, yeah, mistake-free would be nice. I would like to see a 10-play, 80-yard drive where Ryan Tannehill is just like he has times, in particular against Carolina, hitting those five, six, seven-yard passes, convert a key third down over the middle, maybe to a Gasecki or to one of those guys, Gasecki, make it a 10-yard grab, or Robert Wilson getting free and getting a big play, or if Kenny Stills comes back this week, what ends up happening, you know, he makes a play, finish it somehow in the red zone where the Dolphins have been terrible and Gase admitted as much as I know he's holding stuff back. I'm sorry. Football's been around for a long time. There are hundreds and thousands of football plays. You cannot tell me that you can't run a fundamental play that scores you seven points in the red zone. That is not something that's giving it away what you're going to do in the regular season. I cannot buy that excuse anymore. I can't, I'll give you a one-week pass, Adam Gase, but you, you, you can't tell me that with all the plays you must have in your mind and in your playbook, you can't run a simple play that will get you seven points without giving away your offensive plan for the regular season. I think you do that at least one time. Don't turn the ball over. And I think then you could say, okay, now I feel a little bit better. And the and look, you know, I say I feel like we feel the media, the fans, none of us matter in this. I think generally the offense has to feel good. I think Ryan Tannehill 
and the offense. They need that positivity going into this regular season because remember that final preseason game? They probably won't play much, if at all. They need this feeling, I think, to say to look at it on film and say, look, see what happens when we block without holding. See what happens when we trust where we're going to be. See what happens when we get the ball out quickly. See what happens when we finish drives. We can be productive, and they need that going into the season. I'd like to see somebody make a play for Tannehill, too. I mean, that, that's one of the things where it shouldn't just have to be the quarterback makes a perfect throw. I know Devontae Parker's out, probably won't seem till regular season, so that's not something I'm looking for this week, obviously. But someone like Kasicki or still, somebody go make a play for him. Add a little bit of life, a little bit of juice to this offense. No pun intended, because they just lost Jarvis Landry, and that was yeah, his nickname. But that. but that's the truth. This offense is just... So, I under, it's it's intentionally vanilla because it's preseason. Fine, I'll believe that. But when I look at them, okay, I'm not a fantasy sports player anymore. I gave that up a few years ago because I got enough going on on Sundays. But like, if I were gonna draft a dolphin, who am I looking at? I mean, um, who who's Kenyon the, Drake? That's, that, it. that's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I, he, he, there's there's just not that explosive, exciting, dynamic. It's just the most blah offense that I've seen, which is why. Mm-hmm. These people who are saying that the Dolphins could be really bad, well, if you're blah and you stink at execution, then yeah, you could turn out to be the worst team in the NFL. If you're vanilla, but you execute them to death and you're very sound, then you could be the Dolphins from the 70s. I mean, that's 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 the way Shula used to win. I, I think I will say this, though. Kenyon Drake's the only guy we've mentioned as a playmaker. You don't think opposing defenses are going to say, hey, that's the only guy we have to stop? Well, and that's what I was just about to say. I, I think the, this ideology works really well in college when you've got players that aren't quite as big, aren't quite as, as fast across the board, and you've got a little bit more field to work with because of that, and you can get the ball to guys in space, let them make a play, and keep ahead of the chains, all that good stuff. These are pros. They know what's coming. If you can't throw the ball over their heads, they're going to come up, and they're going to knock you on the ground immediately. So unless they get this thing fixed really quickly where they're not in second 15 and throwing five-yard passes, it's going to be a long year. All right, so all that said, next week we'll be back, and we'll probably be talking about how great the offense looked and how this could be a playoff team and prove the critics wrong. God, I hope that happens because these conversations are getting depressing. It's not good for my social It's life. August, dude. Yeah, we, how are we having these in August? We need some optimism. We'll start Canes next week, by the way, because we'll be looking forward to that game against LSU. Miami Sports Podcast, thanks for listening. Dolphins, clean up your messes this week. <laughs>